Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, certified career coach and job search advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire iHire recently published their 2022 Employee Engagement Trends Report, and there are some fascinating insights that I'd like to share. I'm going to be throwing a lot of numbers at you, so you may want to download the entire report at iHire.com, and it will be located in our resource center. On this podcast, we'll talk about the top 10 takeaways of the report, and at the end, I'll give you a quiz to test your engagement in the workplace. Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search. Over the past several months, HR and recruitment professionals have been talking about how difficult it is to find and keep good people. People are leaving their jobs in droves, and it seems that there's a different name for this each month. I've heard the great resignation, the great quit, the great reshuffle, and the great reconsideration. The fact is that if someone isn't engaged in their current job, the grass seems greener on the other side. It's a very hot labor market, and people are taking advantage of it to explore new career opportunities. There were 34.5 million resignations between January and August of 2022. That's a lot of resignations. And this is according to the Bureau of labor statistics. The result has left employers scrambling to hire replacements while retaining existing employees. Here are the top 10 takeaways from iHire's report. Number one, voluntary turnover is as prevalent as expected, with 41% of workers leaving a job voluntarily since September of 2021. That's a 31% increase from the previous year. Number two, most employers have felt the impact of the great resignation. Almost 38% of employers said that they've experienced a significant amount of turnover. Number three, employee engagement and satisfaction are declining. 29% of employers have noticed a decline in employee engagement and an increase in quiet quitting. Now, quiet quitting is where someone just stops doing their job. They're doing the bare minimum just to get by. They become disengaged and they hang out until the employer catches up with them. Number four, workers are not worried about being laid off. Despite the economic situation in the U.S., 73% of workers said it's not likely that they'll be laid off from their current jobs in the next six months. Number five, issues with management are driving resignations. You've heard that people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad bosses. And almost 44% of people who quit their jobs in the past year said it was because they were unhappy with their manager or their supervisor. Now here are the top five reasons people gave for leaving their jobs. Number one, unhappy with their manager or supervisor. Two, unsatisfactory pay or salary. Three, poor work-life balance. 
Four, lack of recognition or appreciation from the employer. And five, few growth or advancement opportunities. Each one of these reasons should and probably will be its own podcast at some point, but employers need to be aware that they own these things from the top down. Number six is interesting to me. We just went over the reasons people listed on our survey as reasons they claim to have left their jobs, but they're not always telling the employer the same thing. Employers tell us that the number one reason people give when leaving their jobs is personal reasons like health, family issues, things like that. That reason didn't even make the top five in the list I just read off. According to employers, only 19% of people who left their company said that it was because of a management issue. I would love to know the backstory about why people aren't being entirely honest with their employers when they leave their job. Number seven, money is a main motivator. Almost 72% of workers said that they would stay in their current role if they received a pay raise. Employers are aware of this, and 74% of employers said that they have given pay raises or bonuses within the last year. Number eight, growth opportunities and flexibility are valuable incentives. Next to a raise, employees said that they would stay with their current employer if they received more growth and advancement opportunities or a more flexible work schedule or additional paid time off. Number nine, employers requiring workers to return to the office is not a deal breaker and it's not leading to mass resignations. Only 3.9% of workers said that they quit their job because their employer required them to return to the office when they wanted to continue to work remotely. I've recently returned to the office on a hybrid basis and I've got to say I didn't realize that I missed the social aspect of being in the office until I was back. I have loved working from home full time. I feel like I have thrived here. It's been a great experience for me, and I never thought that I would be willing to go back. But here I am, working hybrid and encouraging others to give it a shot. And then number 10, employers are acting to prevent burnout. Aside from pay raises and bonuses, employers are trying to give more meaningful recognition, allow flexible work schedules, and expand professional development opportunities all of these things they feel will help prevent their turnover. I've got to say that I hire my employer is terrific at employee recognition. While they're really great at all of the things that I just mentioned, I feel very valued by my manager and by the company. They recently sent a link so that I could choose a gift to celebrate 10 years with the company. I chose a cheese of the month club and it's been awesome. A box was delivered just the other day and the delivery person and put it in front of the garage door. And of course, I promptly backed over it on the way out of the garage, but fortunately no cheese was harmed in the incident.
My next guest is Chris Erickson, co-founder and executive consultant for Workforce Science Associates. And she'll give us some insight into why our job engagement may have waned since the start of the pandemic. Chris helps employers understand employee motivation and commitment through ongoing engagement surveys. Workforce Science Associates has a goal to help identify how great leaders work across the organization, and then give employees the right tools and processes and resources to help them succeed. Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche. So Chris, could you share some of the research regarding employee engagement trends over the last couple of years? Absolutely. Um, at, at WSA, we do have access to one of the largest databases of employee research in the world. And it is a current three-year running database. So when we think about what is really on the hearts and minds of employees, I, I do feel that WSA kind of has our finger on that pulse. And really, there are six key tenants to the employer-employee relationship. It is all about looking at future vision and leadership trust, so senior executives. Do I believe that you inspire me to give my best work and do I have confidence that you're the team that can lead it? When I think about the person I directly report to, my manager, it's all about are you including me in the conversation? Do I feel I'm a part of the the, the solution? And, and do I feel valued for the work right, that I exactly. do? Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. Do you feel valued for what you're doing? And then now more than ever, people really do want to work for a cause, not a company. Yes. If they're going to to, you know, in the past couple of years, literally risk their lives to do their work or to have gone immediately home and worked at the kitchen table, they want to know that at the end of the day, it matters. And so um, what we're really seeing is that employees are looking to organizations to say, are your values in alignment with my values? Um, Do you value who I am and what I bring? And they're really looking at organizations now and saying, are there people in the organization that look like me? Are there people in the organization that have a background like me um, and have come with a set of experiences that are like me? In other words, this is not about the the individual molding to the company. Now, more than ever, what we're seeing is that companies need to adapt and mold to what their workforces are like. And if they can do that, then they will be rewarded with, with employees that say, I am more motivated, more committed, more conscientious in my work, and I'm far more apt to stay. When leadership puts their head in the sand and just hopes that this goes away, um, they they will risk losing employees at a very alarming rate. I don't think enough companies are showing prospective employees or their current employees their values they they do, you know they're coming off of this time period where there were more candidates than jobs mm-hmm. so they could kind of take their pick have the people come to them and they didn't have to sell themselves and now they're in this position where they have to sell themselves and they're not sure how to do it how would they start doing that and, and I do think that you said it very eloquently. It is a seller's market. So it, it is absolutely the candidate who has their pick of organizations. And one of the things that we would always advise companies is that 
don't just have a mission, vision, values statement that looks like everyone else's. So the question that we pose to organizations is, what is it really like to work here? And so at WSA, we have something called the WSA DNA, and they are the 10 critical components to our culture. And I'll give you a great example. One of them is chaos happens, deal with it. And so in our company, we have very few rules, regulations, policies, and procedures because we just believe in hiring people for the right role. And then they're adults. Let them make decisions um, that, that they see best fit. Well, that's a great part of our culture, but there's also the, the negative aspect of that, which is sometimes people can't handle not having a clear path or a career, um, you know, a career path. And so we actually um, screen for that with our candidates, that we, they go through a culture fit um, that helps us to understand how much of who we are is just inherent in who they are so that we get off to the best start possible. So that with any employer, this isn't, again, like the, the vision statement that you see on the wall. This is about what is it truly like to work here. And, and, and prospective employees can really ferret that out very quickly to see is what you're telling me actually what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, and what I'm hearing through the interview process. What should employees be looking for through the interview process? I mean, what are some of the clues or, or red flags that they should be aware of as they are basically interviewing the company? Mm-hmm. I think it is authenticity. And and I think if you truly are a valued candidate, this is about how quickly can we get you through the hurdles that we need to get you through? Are we giving you feedback? Are we asking for your feedback? And there are ways through the, the candidate experience now that you can have pop-up surveys to immediately get that, um, to get that feedback. Um, I also think it really is take a really hard look at the person that you are going to be reporting to. Do you feel that that is, you know, a good match? And then what we are big fans and advocates of at at WSA is you need to meet some people on your team and you need to understand from them what it is like to work there and be able to really ask questions that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable asking a manager or an HR recruiter. And, And so everything in our database keeps pointing us in the direction of individualization. How can we really make this an experience that feels personal to you um, so that we can get you off on the, the, the right foot if we, if we bring you into the organization? So tell me why engagement was so great at the beginning of the pandemic and why it might be waning now. Mm-hmm. What we've learned through the previous two crises, so 9-11, the 2008 financial crisis, and now this pandemic, um, is that when that crisis hits, if people are still employed, they're, they're happy that they're employed. Thankful. So it's a very clear affect. Yes. And unlike the previous two crises that were, I believe, event-driven, something happened, and then we could immediately start to figure out how are we going to get out of this. Well, this crisis is completely different because it's now gone on for two, two and a half years, yes. and it was an unseen force. You know, with 9-11, there was the clearly physical signs that it happened. Right. Um, when you think about the, the 2008 meltdown, I mean, your, your pocketbook felt it, your, your mortgage felt it. Here, we were fighting an invisible foe. Um, and I think that really has, has taken a toll on people. And then I, I think we can't, we can't not think about the economy. I know that is, is definitely um, weighing on people. So when you think about maybe I had a two hour commute every single day. Well, when I was sent home, 
I don't have that two hour commute. I get two hours of my day back every single day. If I drove into work, um, I now don't have to pay for $5 a gallon gas. And I don't have to pay for the wear and tear. And so I really believe that with an unprecedented unemployment rate, that that people are out there now saying, I I have more choices than I've had before. And when that happens, if they're not getting what they want and need for their experience, they're going to go somewhere where they can find it. If you're someone who feels like their engagement is waning, what can you do about that? I mean, if you've always historically liked your job, what can you do if you are that person that just feels like, oh, should I look? Should I not look? Right. Um, I, well, I think there's a couple of things. I think first and foremost, it's having that conversation with your your direct manager and just saying, help, help me through this. And in some cases, it could be as little as you just want more recognition for the work that you're doing. And being able to have that conversation with your manager um, is important. What is it if, if for some reason you feel that you're not as inspired as you used to be. I, I believe, you know, again, having that conversation about why is what we do important and why why is what I do going to help us, you know, win in, in the future. But almost always um, what it's going to come down to is that the person's probably feeling a bit more isolated than they ever have been before. So what are ways that we as organizations can reach out to employees to make sure that they are heard and that they do have the opportunity to provide their ideas and suggestions. I also think at the end of the day, it really is taking a look at what are you being asked to do every day? How well does that fit who you are, where you want to go? And in some cases, you may have run the course with that particular organization, and it may be time um, to, to, to look outside. And, and what I would say is now is a, you know, a better time than ever, but give, give your manager an opportunity um, to see if they can work with you to kind of figure out, is this the right place for you? Working from home isn't for everyone. I mean, <laughs> some, some people have thrived. Some people have just absolutely hated it. So what, what do those people who really don't like it, what can they do as an option if they want to stay employed with who they're currently employed with? I mean, what are their options? Um, well, every, every organization um, has positions, jobs that absolutely require their presence in person. And so if you really just cannot look at your four walls of your apartment or your home any longer, it may be worth looking at your company's job site and figuring out what are those roles that are in person. And would that be something that you're interested in? And more than likely, I can tell with the record number of job postings, and I'm sure you're, you're seeing this, um, that there are opportunities for people to do that in-person work. I would also say that companies really need to now push out a survey that just asks people, how, what percentage of the time do you want to be in person? What percentage of the time would you want to work remotely? And I just believe that when organizations take that time to listen, then they're making data-driven decisions. It takes the emotion out of it. Um, and if it comes back that, nope, we're going to continue to be remote, then I do think you may want to look for where, where are other positions or how can you connect with your teammates? And there are a lot of different ways we've seen organizations do that with, um, you know, once a week there's a 
one hour Zoom lunch call and you are not allowed to talk about your work. It's all about what's going on in your personal life, what have been your wins, what have been your successes, what are your challenges, and it's really a way to get the team to focus in on each other and not necessarily the work. So I think being creative and inventive about ways that you can connect with others can somehow get you through Bridge that through. gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me an example of other things that you've seen companies doing because people listening may be able to take those suggestions to their company or they could be the catalyst and say, all right, we are going to have a name that tune lunch hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently did that in our office on a Zoom call. So fun. I mean, it, every, it was a theme. It was name that tune mm-hmm. and everybody got points and it was just hilarious to do. So what are some of the examples of other things companies are doing to help people stay connected? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll use WSA as an example. So once a quarter, we have refuel days. And that means that it's, a, it's always a Thursday, Friday. And we all know this if, as you think about working virtually, that previously when we were in person and we could see each other, you arrived to a meeting five minutes early, maybe 10 minutes early, and you were having informal chit chat with people, kind of making those connections and those bonds. And more than likely that continued after. Well, now in the world of Teams, Zoom, and WebEx, you start your meeting at nine, it ends at 10, and you immediately go to, you know, to your next one. And so we've just said to our people that, that once a quarter, there will be a Thursday and Friday where there are no meetings scheduled. This is specifically for you to clear your plate of the tasks that you just haven't had time to do in the last three weeks. And that has been absolutely uh, you know, amazing. Even if you are more of a remote workforce, I know of companies that say once a month for those people who want to come in, we will provide lunch on a Friday afternoon. And again, it's just that time, that time to connect. Even little things such as every Friday is no camera day. So people don't have to be on camera. They can oh. be in their pajamas um, and just just get their work done. So again, I would I would really if you're if you're an employer, I would send out a survey and just pull your people. What are some fun things that you would like to know or do with your teammates? Because we don't always have to be the ones that think of everything. We, we want to tap into that ingenuity and, and that innovation that, that our, our teams and workforces have. So again, I don't think in this moment in time, we can listen to employees often enough. They are wanting to give their ideas, their feedback and their suggestions. What is the biggest thing you would want somebody to take away from your talk today? Job search advice or somebody that is just feeling their motivation and their engagement waning. What's the biggest thing you'd like them to take away from your talk today? I think the biggest takeaway if I were a job seeker is that in order for you to have, I think, long-term satisfaction, commitment, conscientiousness in your work, you really need to feel as if you have a home. That this is an organization that you would be proud to tell people that you work for. That when you think about your runway and your career, that you don't see an end in sight. That there is something about what the job is that you're doing or the organization that you're working for, that there's just a passion for it. And and if, if there isn't kind of that sense of excitement, I think it's probably time to keep 
to keep looking because that's just inherent in in who you are. And when you can find an organization that ignites your passion, it just continues to grow. And, and I really do hope that everybody out there doesn't have to work a day in their life, meaning that you found something that has meaning and value and um, you can't you can't get enough of it. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we really want to talk about. We want to make sure that people are feeling that level of, of pride in what they're doing. So that would be my advice. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole. Here's the quiz I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, and this quiz can be found at powerresourcecenter.com. There are 20 yes and no questions, and this is funny because I've never seen a survey where you can use don't know as an option, but evidently you can on this survey. So as I ask you these 20 questions, keep track of your yes and no answers, and we'll count it up at the end, and I'll give you the key. Number one, my manager cares about me as a person. Two, my coworkers take into account my opinion. Three, I have clear expectations of what I should be doing at work. Four, I understand the purpose of my role and how it supports the organization. Five, I readily volunteer to take on new challenges or projects. Six, my manager and I openly communicate about issues of importance to me. Seven, my manager is interested in my personal development and career goals. Eight, I have the opportunity to use my strengths in the work I do on a daily basis. Nine, my manager doesn't play favorites. Ten, I have the support and resources I need to do my job to the best of my ability. Eleven, everyone pulls their own weight on my team. Twelve, performance issues are dealt with quickly and effectively. Number 13, building relationships and collaborating with others in the company is encouraged. 14, I know what I'm being evaluated on. 15, I receive the training, coaching, and mentoring needed to do my job successfully. 16, I have a clear understanding of what success looks like in my role. 17, I feel a sense of pride in my organization and the products or services we provide. 18, I talk positively about my job to my friends and family. 19, I have a sense of ownership and accountability over my work. And 20, I steer clear of gossip and negative talk of others on my team. All right, how did you score? If you had 15 to 20 yeses, you are very engaged. Congratulations. If you had 10 to 14 yeses, you are mostly engaged. And if you had one to nine yeses, you are not very engaged. If you're falling into that not very engaged category, it might be time to have a heart to heart with yourself first and then with your manager. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.